New ideas for shark attack simulation rides. Six Flags, call me. I'm Kevin Leeson. How fast does a mega shark have to get to reach a flying passenger jet 200 meters above sea level? Find out today. I'm Joe Fulgham. Victim of a shark attack? Love questionnaires? Who are you going to call? I'm Torn Atkinson. These questions and more answered tonight on Caustic Soda, the podcast. And here we are on our very first episode of Caustic Soda. Shark attacks! For or against? Pro or con? Uh, For the shark or for the the hapless victim? Uh, Both. Has there ever been been a situation where a shark and the shark attack victim lived happily ever after? I submit to you that there has been. I would agree with that, actually. Yes. Uh, because most people do survive shark attacks, and then the survivor has one hell of an awesome story. That's true. I mean, you try and tell people how much money you make. Oh, you know, last, last year we made $500,000 in uh, net profit. Yeah, I was attacked by a shark. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of the swinging the big stick in every conversation yeah. point of view, isn't it? <laughs> what about, uh, uh, or you could, you could become inspired and have like a life mission to study sharks from that point that's forward. That's true. I'm sure that's <laughs> happened many times. I saw an IMAX. Once bitten, sh- never shy. <laughs> I, I saw an IMAX shark movie where there was this 60-year-old man and he was obsessed with sharks. And then halfway through the movie, he takes his shirt off and has this massive great white shark bite scar. Chicks dig scars. Yeah. Not this one. It was horrifying. Oh, was it? Horrifying. He practically sawn in half. It was like 400 stitches or something. Ridiculous. The pinup for this episode is Andrea Lynch. See, that, those are sexy scars. She's got some sexy s- scars here. She's showing off, showing off her torso. This is, uh, this is a young woman who was attacked by a shark while she and some of her friends were appreciating the uh, when the algae becomes bioluminescent at uh, certain times of the year. Right. You, you, know, you, know, you know about this, Kevin? Uh, please, tell algae. me more. <laughs> well, there's this algae. It lives in the ocean. And at certain times of the year, at night, it becomes uh, luminescent I with the various I chemical reactions. Especially when a, a ship goes through it. I've seen the pictures of uh, yeah, the wake of the disturbed. ship. It's disturbed, and yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got this glowing trail behind the ship. Really, and really then cool. she was attacked by a shark, bitten on her torso, survived. And I think that makes her a little bit sexier. I agree with you. I Yeah, absolutely. That shark is bites are sexy. Yeah. How about the uh, teenage surfer, Bethany Hamilton... Uh, the armless wonder. Uh, is it is it kind of bittersweet? I mean, is she a talented surfer who's getting lots of press because of her talents? Or is she a so-so surfer who gets lots of press because she surfs with a single arm? Um, Bethany Hamilton was Hawaii's top female surfer in her age group. Ah. I understand. And she so was she's uh, overcoming adversity. <laughs> yeah, and, and she made headlines in 2003 after being attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark the tiger shark. the tiger shark one of the three most dangerous sharks in the world gone surfing on halloween think about it with their best friend under a full moon <laughs> maybe and uh she was on her surfboard which as we all know is usually when most attack most shark attacks occur because when you're coming when you're when you're a shark when you're a dumb old shark swimming in the ocean you look up you, you're looking for turtles you're looking for sea lions what does a person on a on a surfboard look like? Yeah. Paddling through the water. 
half Both, turtle, half sea uh, yeah, lion. Yeah, some kind of horrible sea lion turtle hybrid, which looks delicious. Yeah. I was about to say, not horrible fat. to a shark. And high fat, yeah, which, yeah. Which uh, I understand the sharks require for their, uh, their, their uh, diet. <coughs> well, yeah, they're, you know, they're top. They're apex predators. Apex predators. Don't you think? Top of the food chain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they haven't evolved in 400 million years, I heard, something like something that. Something like that. Bethany Hamilton lost 60% of her blood, survived, and uh, in water uh, less than a month later. Lost her, what, was it an arm? Left arm. Bit her arm off just below the shoulder. Yeah, it's gone. Completely gone. That's so sad. Or is it? <laughs> because now she's the awesome... Championship surfer, let's say. Would you with only one arm. know who Bethany Hamilton is if we didn't were it put not this for Shark Attack? For Shark Attack Day on Caustic Soda, as we're calling it. Uh, should That's we go right. around the room and introduce ourselves? I mean, sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, episode I, one, season one. So I'm Torn Atkinson. Uh, I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm the lead singer for the Darkest of the Hillside Thickets, a rock and roll band. about uh, We sing about Lovecraft and other horrible things. We don't have any songs about sharks, but we do have songs about squids. Yet. 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 New album coming out. Y- sometime in the future, yes. In the future. Yes. I feel a Caustic Soda theme song coming out. Yeah, well, I can, well, it could happen. <laughs> and a shark Caustic Soda! Kevin. Bam. Bam. Tell us about yourself. Kevin Leeson. I'm a... Uh, a screenwriter and a uh, relatively new comedian. And, Stand-up uh, comic and here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Here in Vancouver, British Columbia, doing my thing. And uh, I know uh, Torn Atkinson as a uh, comic book publisher as well, which I've published now two comics. One called Outnumbered. Under the Critical Hits under Comics. Under the Critical Hit Comics banner, yeah. uh, which is a superhero story, and uh, uh, to which Torn Atkinson provided cover art. And then uh, all the interior art Torn did for us for our latest crime anthology entitled Acts of Violence. Are we allowed to talk about that yet? Probably by the time that this gets on the oh, internet, we'll be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I'm uh, Joe Fulgham. I'm the Darkest of the Hillside Tickets webmaster. I it's suppose true. this is my one tiny, minuscule claim to fame. Well, uh, you've been involved in improv over the years. I have. I've done, uh, used to have an improv troupe uh, where we'd go around and perform at parties and things like that. Uh, I've done a few non-professional gigs with the Vancouver Theatre Sports League. I'm sure nobody there knows who I am, though, because uh, they were just some amateur presentations. Big, I, I love improv, though. Uh, love theatre. Love uh, just sitting around and being funny. So this is uh, kind of something I really wanted to do. So I'm just going to throw out a topic. Okay. New improv. Okay. Shark attacks. Shark attacks. Well, you already heard me talk about how uh, shark attacks are a good thing. Yes. Uh, because, you know, uh, the women are... We all, we all are just aching to be attacked by sharks That's to right. improve I, our I, careers. Well, after seeing that girl's uh, scars, I was thinking, you know, maybe I could go out and float in some bioluminescence, uh, sure. get myself a, a nice uh, shark attack, and then immediately get uh, pulled out. Or perhaps creating some kind of uh, shark attack simulator. I could make some large, yeah, yeah, yeah. a large wire shark mouth yeah. that could chomp down on me. You can make uh, some serious money. I, yeah, I mean, then you everybody we'd make up custom stories for everybody. You know, oh, I was out. Uh, you could get chomped in the in the sw- in the body part of your choice. That's right. We'd have different uh, different shark simulator mouths. It would. Uh, I so want to get attacked by a blue shark. Wow. I want to get attacked by a mako shark. Exactly. I feel a uh, an amusement park ride coming here. <laughs> 
Playland, look out. Right. Here comes the uh, shark. A giant roller coaster, simulator. and at the end, you just get bitten by a shark. That's, <laughs> That's pretty right. sweet. Instead, no. of the, instead of the photos of you going down, you have a photo right at the moment of the teeth penetrating your skin. It's, uh, it's going to be one of those rides where, uh, you know, you get on the, on the log ride or whatever, and somebody gets wet, but nobody knows who's going to get wet. Somebody's going to get bit. Oh. You know, so it's the fear and apprehension that is actually the greatest simulator of the shark attack because you see it coming. That's right. You know it. You you think you hear that music. Yeah. You're like, whoa, whoa, there must be a shark around here. Somewhere. Wait, I, I can do that. I believe it was Florida when uh, an uncle was uh, took his nephew to the beach. An uncle of yours? No, no, no. I mean, okay. Uncle, so you have no personal shark an stories. Uncle, I have no personal shark stories. But this is my this podcast favorite. is over. I, I have a uh, a number of toughest guy in the world stories. Okay, and this one is a shark attack one. He uh, his nephew was uh, was playing on the beach, and a shark came up out of the surf and grabbed his nephew off the beach and hauled him back into the water, <gasps> like they would like killer whales do to seals and whatnot. Yeah, uh, and this uh, that's this always shark, fun to watch on the nature shows. Absolutely, yeah. and this shark uh, pulled him back into the surf, and his uncle waded into the surf hauled an eight-foot shark out with his bare hands, beat it to death. With his fists? With his fists. With his knuckle sandwiches? So that he could reach down its throat and pull out his nephew's severed arm so that it could be reattached. Oh, wow. Sweet. So that is one of my many toughest guy in the world stories. And that's the only shark's toughest. And that's the only shark. Okay. Movie. My favorite documentary is probably Planet Earth. They have a, an episode on the open ocean, and you get to see in super slow motion the breach of the great white shark coming out of uh, of the ocean, and it comes out all the way all the way out of the water. I have wow. seen that this, in you know, this, this twenty foot long, thing. yeah, this twenty foot long shark. Oh, it's scary! I, I kept meaning to watch Planet Earth tonight, and I haven't got around to it. But I can tell you that uh, the fear of sharks is salacophobia. Salacophobia, or as you call it, common sense. Common sense, that's right, yeah. Fear of sharks is, is common sense, absolutely. Does that mean the Latin for shark is salaco? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you the shark word origin. I did a little research here. Nineteen or Sorry, 1569. So as much as Joe is unprepared, you are perhaps I'm, torn the I'm prepared. perhaps overprepared. These are like medieval names. 1569, uh, of uncertain origin. Apparently the word and the first specimen were brought to London by Captain John Hawkins' second expedition. There is no proper name for it that I know. No, is spelled with an E on the end, because this is old-timey. But the certain men of Captain Hawkins's doth call it a shark. And shark also has an E on the end. How do you think he came up with the name shark? I don't know. They just get, oh, I'll just call it a shark. With an E on so, the end. Uh, so sharks are a member of the super order uh, Salacomorpha. That is a super, super order. That's right. It is a super order. So, uh, yeah, I heard something once uh, about uh, sh- sharks not evolving for 400 million years, that they're basically the same as they were way back in, uh, and I quote. I know that they are one of the most ancient animals. In the old-timey? In the, well, pre-old-timey. <laughs> <laughs> scientifically called the pre-old-timey period. Uh, yeah, the, the earliest known sharks date from more than 420 million years ago before the time of the dinosaurs. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you. And oh, uh, I've prepared for several years. You brought your, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Most dangerous sharks? Who knows the list? Top three. Tiger. Uh, One. Great white. Two. Bull? Yes, correct, wow. sir. The bull did shark. Did you look that up or did you know I, that? I may have uh, looked that up earlier. Oh, oh. Tiger. I'm sorry, I'm not completely this. unprepared. 
Um, I happened to, while I was doing my research, my overpreparedness, I came across the International Shark Attack file. Have you guys heard of this? No. Of course I Please. have, Torn. I know all about it, the International Shark Attack file. It's common knowledge, isn't it? Well, then you would know that uh, it's a compilation of all-known shark attacks that are administered by the American Elasmo Branch Society. You, you remember? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Florida Museum of Natural History? Elasmo Branch, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you didn't know about the Elasmo Branch? I, I, you know what? That guy, Mr. Elasmo Branch, he's just been a thorn in my side for decades. I think you're thinking of George Burgess. He's the director. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, if you go to this website, you can uh, access the files, which they've been collecting uh, more than 4,000 investigations uh, covering the period from the mid-1500s, no less, to the present. Uh, yeah, the mid-1500s, which is uh, 1569. Ye old sharky. You can also, they also have uh, a form. If you've been attacked by a shark, you can fill it out. Oh, yeah? yeah uh, can, I, can I read to you some, some of the form? Well, I find it interesting that they're anticipating that everyone who's attacked by a shark will survive, and so are able to fill out a form. I don't know. Well, everyone. curiously enough, uh, most people do survive shark attacks, uh, and that is because sharks prefer to qu- uh, strike very quickly, yeah. and then they leave so that their target just will bleed, di- to, death. Will bleed to death yeah. and die. But if and you're if you're doing what Aquaman would do and swim with a buddy, that's right. Then that buddy can then get you to safety. And being humans, we've got medicine and can patch you up. And well, just, if you just were, hope there aren't two sharks, or that's or right. maybe they're just an, the Elasmo branch is just uh, society is just anticipating that if you're bleeding to death, you still have time to fill out the form. You might. <laughs> they keep them on the beach. Yeah. Or they, maybe you've got an iPod and they've got a wireless on the beach, and you could fill out some kind of web form. Yeah. The lifeguard runs into the surf with a laminated <laughs> form for you to fill out. <laughs> and like, uh, sadly, a, a wet erase we will marker. We will administer first aid in a moment, but first, you must fill out this survey. Shark uh, behavior prior to initial strike. Circling victim, following victim closely, shark in position between victim and barrier, i.e. beach. Shark not seen at all prior to contact with victim? That's the one I'm checking. That's right. Wait uh, a minute. I don't see yeah. any sharks. Quick, get out of the water. We're about to be attacked by a shark. This and sounds exactly like how I meet girls in bars. <laughs> you give them the form? <laughs> no, I <laughs> circle them. Around. I oh, circle okay. them and attack when they're not looking. Now, what is your behavior at the time of your strike, Kevin? Is it did not occur in water? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Kevin did not contact victim? Minimum of turmoil, (laughs) victim initially unaware of situation, (laughs) sudden violent interaction between Kevin and victim, or behavior unknown? Uh, What do you get checked off most? I would would say three, four, and five are the most (laughs) likely to uh, occur (laughs) in that environment. Should we talk about Henry Borse? No, you know what I'd like to talk about? Okay. I I just remembered where the word shark comes from, because prior to the 16th century and John Hawkins' exhibition, Exhibition? No, expedition. Expedition? Uh, it was a bit of an exhibition as well. Let's not. Prior to his uh, expedition, uh, sharks were typically known as sea dogs. I beg your pardon? Sea, sea dogs. dogs. And, Are you uh, thinking of the dogfish, which is a member of the shark family? N- well, uh, you know, could I. Could be uh, related. Uh, sea could dogs. Be somewhat related. That, that could be where dogfish, uh, you know, uh, devolved to. But were prior to the 16th century and Sir John Hawkins. And uh, in 1569, referred to them as sharks, uh, and this, it suggested that that has been derived from the Yucatec Mayan word for shark, pronounced shock. Yucatec? Yucatec Mayan word for shark. 
Can you, look, can you look up Yucatec? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but well, I while, we're, while we're looking that up, I, I actually have. There's. Uh, I'm looking at this list. Hold of on, Yucatec. Can you spell that Mayan, one? Is the Mayan language spoken on the Yucatec? Yeah. Is this? Peninsula? Is this? Oh, Yucatan, Yucatec. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I have a list of uh, preventing shark attacks. I got confused uh, with the Lasmo branch. And I'm, most I'm of them are pretty common sense, like don't go in the water where sharks are. Right, sure. Uh, but then we've got this one here that I just wanted to talk about for a bit because I think it's some of the wisest information I've seen ever. Avoid bleeding. Yes. So it's kind of like a... Is it, isn't that kind of a, a good good advice <laughs> just all general, the time? Just all around whether just or not general. you're going to be in the water, avoid uh, bleeding. Unless yeah. you're using leeches for treatment of something. Oh, yeah, you well, know. you could be having a period as well. And, oh, that's I'm, not you, I don't though, think specifically, I could. Joe. Right. You and your trained, exploding shark. Oh, the shark, baby, has such teeth. And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, baby And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites With his teeth, baby Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe? So there's never, never a trace of red. Now on the sidewalk, ooh, Sunday morning, uh huh, lies a body just oozing life. And someone sneaking round the corner. Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the way to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Now you hear about Louis Miller He disappeared, babe After drawing out All his hard-earned cash And now Maggie Heath spins Just like a shell Could it be a boy's done something rash Back in town I said Jenny Diver Whoa, Suki Tawdry Look out to Miss Lottie Lynn And old Lucy Brown Yes, that line forms On the right, babe Not that Maggie's Back in
welcome back to Caustic Soda, talking about shark attacks. We just watched a video on YouTube. Gruesome video. Comments? Yeah. The Henri Bourse, B-O-U-R-C-E. Yeah, you'll have to log into YouTube because it is, uh, you have to be 18 or over. Yeah, it's, an, it's yeah, considered adult content. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want my kids accidentally seeing a, a guy with, spoiler alert, his legs severed by a shark bite. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, after a shark attack, you may have less legs. My favorite part of the clip was the voiceover track by Mr. Boris. By the guy who's talking about, yeah, he's talking about losing his own leg. Happened. There's a voiceover track added, uh, and the clip ends with him pointing out that it was another two weeks before he would dare brave the water again. Yeah. He, he says that as yeah. though two weeks was a long time. <laughs> this was uh, 1964 off the coast of uh, Australia. And, yeah, so they, so they didn't actually catch the shark attack itself uh, so much as hauling him out of the water right after the shark attack yeah. and putting him on the boat and all the blood is going gushing out of his, his Yeah, stomach. I don't know how much blood is in the human body pint-wise. He, he said he lost six and a half. He lost six and a half yeah. pints. I don't think there were a whole lot of pints left. I think I he, was, he was painfully... That's the kind of information people who were prepared would have had. Yes. And you're right. Also, we're in Canada, and we don't use the pints so Yes, much. no, absolutely. But I, he, not that I can <laughs> tell you how many liters of blood were in the human body, but... I bet you he was grievously pintless. He was pintless. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> well, shy of pints. He was, pint, he was a pint shy I'm in a I'm thinking of a pint glass, and I'm wondering, how much blood can, would come... How many pint glasses would all of my blood if I drained myself, Phil? I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of that? Was it a destroyer that was... Oh, the Indianapolis. Sunk? The Indianapolis. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. For those of you who are not aware... This was during the war. This was during World War II. Uh, it, was, it was sunk in the Pacific Theater uh, uh, by, <laughs> by a Japanese torpedo. By a Japanese torpedo. I like the fact that there are theaters in war. <laughs> that's right. You can't get a ticket. Well, you can, actually, but you don't want it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, carry on. Uh, in the Pacific Theater, it went down, and uh, almost everybody survived the initial attack. It was only like a, a couple of casualties from the torpedo attack. But then over the next couple of days before the rescue effort could be mounted, the, they were picked off one by one. Yeah, by they, a, were, they were in the water for like three type, days or something like that? Something like that. And they were picked off slowly but surely by uh, a school of tiger sharks. And so how many survived out of how many? I so think it's like 300. About, like about 900 made it into the water. Right. Out of almost uh, 1,200 uh, on board the ship. Seamen? Seamen. Yeah. That's a lot of seamen in the water. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, there were something like 300 survivors or something like that. Yeah. Like two-thirds of the survivors. But that was over, that was over three or four days, so it may, may not all have been shark attacks. I think there was a lot of shark attacks. I agree. I, I agree. I think uh, <laughs> there's going to be scientifically accurate I, here. I, I'm I pretty think sure there's a movie and there's a book and there's all, but maybe even several movies and several books that we uh, that I haven't seen. But I remember one from you know like the 70s or something like that, and there was a whole lot of shark attacks. Yeah. And if we can't believe Hollywood portrayals of real life events, then what can we believe? I, yeah, I and and you would think that uh, if say somebody died of uh, wounds he had before or or uh, exposure to the elements or something that uh, the sharks would have got him eventually anyway. Yeah. So you're looking at but whether it's more they're fun to by someone who's alive. Do hey, well, here's a question. Here's a question. Do sharks eat carrion? I actually don't know the answer to this question. Yes, they do. I would think that many sharks are scavengers, but not all of them. Well, and from what we know about the, how, they, how I, they, as attack. I said, I've watched a lot of documentaries, so I consider myself a scientist, a marine biologist. From, from what we know about how they attack, they like to attack and let things bleed to death, yeah. and then yeah. and then go in and get it. Yeah. You need it Some once it's dead. Right. So I, I yeah. don't think it's much of a, a change from. 
If we're talking about the tiger and the bull and the white shark, then if probably only more there were a the rock band that sang a song band. about a marine biologist who could weigh in on this subject, we could find out about that. Because then you know, if you sing a song about a marine biologist, that practically makes you a marine biologist. That's what I heard. I, I think it makes you the biggest. So I get all in my PhDs. Uh, wasn't there something about uh, the U.S. in Indianapolis was was ferrying an atomic bomb or something? They they were they were uh, coming back from dropping off uh, the world's first uh, operational atomic bomb. They delivered it, and uh, but this wasn't the one that went to to Nagasaki. I don't have that information, but they were in the Philippines, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think you're going to be doing much testing uh, out there aside from the actual uh, mm. operational mm. in the theater. That's not really That's right. kind of a cat you want to let out of the bag before you actually uh, right. use it. The sharks, just think if things had gone a different way, the sharks could have been eating the atomic bomb. Atomic shark. Atomic shark. It's Dino Austin, shark. It's an Austin Powers. Maybe shark that's how. Maybe, maybe that's how that movie uh, Mega Shark and Giant Octopus started. I saw that movie. There, I, that movie had Lorenzo Lamas in it, a person that what? before we started the podcast. You claim Mega you didn't Shark know. versus uh, versus uh, Giant Octopus. I yeah. believe it was starring Debbie Gibson and Lorenzo Lamas. I'm pretty sure. He I know was that Debbie star. Gibson was in it. He, he was. Uh, it was I, terrible, by the way. But it did have <laughs> the benefit of having a giant shark jump out of the ocean and eat a plane. I a saw. Liner. I saw a chart on the physics of that. Did a chart. A chart on the, on the interwebs just the other day about uh, how fast the shark would have to be going. Right. Uh, and it showed uh, it showed the shark in the water at a at a regular depth, looking up and seeing the plane. Was it illustrated? Was uh, it, it was like a this illustrated chart. It yeah. was like like a, an infographic. Okay, sure. And uh, the shark then swam down and got directly underneath where the plane would be, and yeah. then came up. And <laughs> they uh, calculated, I believe, it had to be going almost eight hundred miles an hour straight up in that's, order to reach the height. I, uh, so it is, as a matter of fact. I have to interject with a fact right here. For those of you listening, before the podcast words. began, uh, Torin Atkinson uh, claimed that he had no idea who Lorenzo Lamas was. That's so right. that's background. Uh, Joe can back me up on this. I, uh, I would uh, agree with that. that and exactly uh, Lorenzo Lamas. I was chided. Lorenzo Lamas was the male lead in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Is that a fact? That is a fact. That's a fact. I have just looked it up on IMDb. I don't even remember, all I remember is Debbie Gibson and her love interest, who was the Japanese fellow, I believe. Well, Lorenzo Lamas is most up, definitely <laughs> not Japanese, no. but he is the number one male uh, in the cast list, according right. to. Okay, I'm trying. Uh, he's he's also. I, I remember a scientist. I remember Debbie Gibson. I remember like the military commander. Probably the military. Maybe it was the military. He's also the greasiest-looking Hollywood actor oh, okay. in history. Because he'd be quite... He'd be he was also a male lead on a sci-fi TV show called The Immortal. Anyways, we're getting way off topic This is here. nothing to do with shit. Uh, but Mega Shark <laughs> and Giant Octopus, I imagine that a, uh, some sort of atomic accident was some, somewhat to blame. For I was him. only half-watching it, because really, how could you watch that thing with all of your attention? It stars Lorenzo Lamas and Debbie Gibson. How can it's you not? All-star cast. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be. To, to Am be I the, the only one in movie. this room who's seen it? Uh, yeah, I, I think oh, so. I so. Seen it. so, please uh, tell us more about it. I, I don't want to spoil the ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, how about you give us uh, the IMDb rates it at three stars out of ten? Generous or uh, they missing, missing a hidden gem? No, I think that's about accurate. But three point oh out of yeah, ten is what you would give so it. Good. But what are some good shark movies? Are we prepared to move on? Jaws, of course, the, the first one. Yeah. You know, here's the funny part about Jaws, right? I think Jaws came out in what, like 1978, 1979, something yep. like that, in that ballpark. I was obviously too young to see it in the theaters. So I've only ever seen Jaws on television, right? right? And so, of course, you know, I mean, for television purposes, they have to, you know, do some sort of, like, editing for content and whatever. 
And uh, uh, the um, the Rio Theater in Vancouver uh, did a um, midnight screening of Jaws. Recently. It's a few months ago, before Christmas. Yep. It's uh, a traditional Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> I was like, a traditional midnight Christmas movie. <clears throat> and I went and saw it, and I realized, after seeing it on the big screen, how much of that movie was is, cut. W- w- is cut out of the television version. Right. So it was like watching Jaws all over again. I, I think I can, I can honestly recommend to anybody... They have the opportunity to see Jaws in a theater that they should go do it because they probably haven't seen it. Well, you can also rent it on, on the digital versatile disc. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's not is to also discourage <laughs> patronizing your local cinema, but I'm just saying. You're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, an interesting thing about Jaws, actually, that uh, I learned recently when I rewatched it, is that Jaws was the first movie in America that was simultaneously released uh, across America. Before Jaws, they would only make a certain number of prints of a movie. Right. And those prints would then travel from theater to theater so that it would be in, you know, New York and then move to New Jersey uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, And I think Torin might be old enough to remember this uh, way back then. You would get excited about this movie, but you had to wait for it to actually... Right. C- come to near you, whereas the traveling uh, the traveling movie show. Right, it, it exactly was like that. You had to wait for the print to show up, and like in your small town of Chilliwack, where you'd grow up. Whereas Jaws, they've just said we're going to try an experiment. We're going to print a whole bunch of prints of it. Right. It's going to get released simultaneously across uh, America. Well, that's that, probably why it did so well. I mean, it's it largely one of the reasons it did the it. first ever summer blockbuster, right? Right. Exactly, and that's why because they were able to mount a massive marketing campaign to go across America to tell everybody this summer, stay out of the water, or is it don't go into the water? Something like that. Don't go into the water. Watch uh, out for Sharky. Watch out this the... summer. Watch out for Sharky. <laughs> the official tagline. <laughs> and uh, I believe that led to Star Wars doing exactly the same thing later on. But it's not just a shark movie. It's a very good movie. It's a very well put together. It film. is. Unlike its uh, its sequels, but yeah, it's a, it, well, it was a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, Steven Spielberg! <laughs> for his uh, low budget Mexican no, equivalent, I, I I can't remember which one of the sequels it was, but I do know that one, I think it might have been Jaws 3D or Jaws 4 or something like that. But I remember the tagline for that movie was the ultra ridiculous. This time, it's personal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> really, the shark, the yeah, shark, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I. I, I I think it was the one where the shark followed the wife Revenge, of Roy Scheider's character is a death, a down the coast to Florida chum. in order to get after her. Or the shark's Oh, yeah, just, just like went all along the coast. Yeah, just w- she was up <laughs> in she Amityville or tasty. whatever, Amity Island, and then she went on vacation in Florida, and it came oh. all the way down to Florida oh, no. to get her because it was, no. it was personal. No! <laughs> How about the, uh, the blatant Jaws ripoff? Orca. Orca. Where the uh, the killer whale uh, wants revenge on uh, local fishermen. Is this the one for... where he jumps over the child? That was a Free no, Willy. that's Free oh, Willy. Okay. Free, free Willy was orca. the blatant ripoff of Orca. Oh, orca oh, orca is the circle. bloodthirsty version oh, of Free Willy okay. before it got Disneyfied. All right. Yeah. No, uh, so you've seen this film? Uh, orca, yes. Uh, the local fisherman captures his lifelong mate and uh, kills uh, the unborn Orca child. And the orca what? witnesses all of this, witnesses the slaughter of his family, okay. and goes bent on revenge. And this oh. fisherman unwisely 
is building his brand new house on stilts that go into the water, which gives the orca the opportunity to fool. take down his fool. brand new house, Naturally. have it crash into the surf, and so he can eat. Those gotta be big stilts because orcas are not. You know, this is not like a marsh stilt situation. This is like no. Old. This is like California, like yeah, Santa yeah. Monica coastal. Okay. You know, mansion sort of situation. So this seems to be the, the hidden message of, of Orca is it's an it's an anti-abortion movie because uh, <laughs> it's what it's really really mad about is that is he killed the, his is, unborn is, child. Yeah, unborn Actually, child. The, the surprising part about Orca was shockingly surprisingly entertaining. <laughs> was that you're far... just reading that? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not reading that at all. This is, I've actually seen the movie Orca, and okay. I was entertained. Rotten Tomatoes says surprisingly what, entertaining. I'll tell you what Orca did that Jaws did not more effectively. Orca had this like uh, Orca POV. Oh, the Orca you, cam? You would have an Orca cam and okay. you would be like seeing uh, everything through the Orca's eye and they put on this wacky fisheye lens and they put like a red oh. filter on it because he would go, his vision would go blood red when he was in a murderous oh rage. Oh my god, like a bull. Yeah, like a bull. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're 11 or 12, very... Uh, very compelling filmmaking. <laughs> if, if only they had when you're eleven or twelve. If, if only they had an orca no camp at that uh, at that uh, aquarium where the uh, recent orca attack was. Oh, Did you hear about that, Torin? Too soon. Oh, okay, here's the thing yeah. about the recent orca attack. <laughs> that orca has now that was hit the third third I know attack that that orca has been involved in. Right. One kill prior killing. Well, three strikes are uh, right. Then a maiming, and now another killing. Mm. How well, many like chances friend, does an orca get? Like my Isaac, friend Chris said, it's in the name. It's called a killer whale. <laughs> well, you know what they you say. Know, don't they, be shocked. You know, they say that once once a whale has been uh, domesticated or put in an aquarium, they can't survive in the wild. I, I, I propose that this orca could survive in the wild. <laughs> this orca could make it on his own. I, I think you, they should release gonna, him. I thought you were going to start that sentence off. You know, once an orca has tasted human flesh. <laughs> Well, I think it'll never that, be satisfied. It certainly could survive in the wild if there were a bunch of people standing right next to very deep parts of the ocean, yeah. waving balls and fish above it. Uh, then it would be able to get its. Uh, its True, I guess of, it's uh, a very human flesh vessel. Has anybody like. seen uh, Open Water? That movie. I did see Open Water. I see. I saw it as well. It wasn't great, but it was. It was. It was based on a true story. For those of you who don't know, you know what I think. I think if I'd stumbled upon that accidentally, right. I would have been very entertained by it. Right. But I saw it after in like a second run theater. Okay. After it had gone won all the awards at all the film festivals, done its first run, and then I saw it at a second run theater, and it was kind of like meh. I think it was supposed to be well. Like it was supposed to be. An, uh, well, it was an indie film that just got picked up by a major distributor. Absolutely, just kind of like the last minute. Yeah, it so was a shot on video. Yeah. No money, no budget. Yeah, so they special. had a lot of uh, they had a lot of marketing for this uh, this little film. Absolutely, but basically the story is uh, these this couple's on a diving expedition or not expedition but a vacation. They get separated from the boat and they're and they're stuck in the water. Based loosely days. on a true story. Mm-hmm. That there was a couple that went out on a And you know expedition. what, based on a true story, the acronym is boats. Wow. Think about it. Do, 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 do. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending, but uh, it's a good one. Yeah, uh, again, like if I w- went to a film festival, didn't know anything about it, and stumbled upon it, I think I would have told all my friends to go see it. Yeah. But the fact that there was this giant marketing machine behind it, and I went and saw it. Your expectations were too My high. expectations were a little bit elevated, I think, from what it deserved. Okay, so speaking of shark movies, have you seen uh, Deep Blue Sea? 
I have seen with Deep Blue Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Samuel Jackson and right. the super intelligent sharks. Yeah, that's right? correct, sir. Now, uh, now, were they genetically engineered or something? Or did yes. They, uh, that's okay. what I was about to ask. I didn't remember. I can't remember, but I think that Samuel L. Jackson and his team of crack scientists, which also included LL Cool J, which yes. may be stretching the, uh, the bounds of reason, but in his crack team of scientists, were creating ultra-intelligence sharks. Is that not the way... It, is that the plot? And That's, then they, and then yes. And then they... Oh, they went too far. <laughs> it's a went. crime against nature. <laughs> well, no, I mean... They were when playing you create, God. When you create ultra-intelligent sharks, what are the... They're going to try and eat you. Well, right? they're trying to find a cure for sense. Alzheimer's because uh, oh, shark okay. brains can regrow or something along I know that sharks lines. don't get cancer for some reason. Okay, I, that's I didn't curious. know about the Alzheimer's. That's uh, an interesting medical uh, tidbit. That's right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Thank you, Hollywood. The factoids and the tidbits. That's right. I always believe what Hollywood through, tells me about uh, science. Filtered through the blockbusters. Now, uh, uh, did they, did they uh, in Jaws fashion, how did they... Uh, does anybody remember how they actually stopped? I'm trying those to shows? remember anything about that movie. Because the it the only part I good. can remember about that movie was the amazing "We've Got to Stand Up to These Sharks" monologue by right. Sam Jackson. Oh, and then uh, he's right standing in he front of a big pit of open go water. And say We've got to go get these. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody who was going to watch or has not watched the movie and I would suppose. have. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who the female lead in that movie, but she does spend like the last half of the movie in a wet T-shirt, which I right. You, know, you, you can't go wrong with a. Uh, this is B. Arthur. Uh, with your lead actress soaking wet from head to toe for the last half of the film. So anyway, yeah, there's that monologue. And he's yeah. standing, and he's, what he's, what he's saying it's right beside a, a certain pool in the, I, in can't the remember the, I can't remember his, uh, because all, the, all, Samuel Jackson, all Samuel L. Jackson monologues, they all uh, blend together. You this know, is I, the one with bad motherfucker that's on That's right, yeah. We gotta, I'm sick and tired of Wait, these motherfucking so snakes on this motherfucking plane. We've got to get yeah, these yeah. sharks. Uh, we should have brought shotguns. Ah, <laughs> uh, you totally took my joke. <laughs> you gonna make a joke about we got these motherfucking sharks or this motherfucking tank? It's pretty much that. I mean, uh, we've got to make our stand here, and then all of a sudden the shark jumps in the water and bites him in half. Yeah, drags him into the water, <laughs> and everybody just stares at him, open mouth. Oh, okay. here's a uh, here's a tidbit of trivia for Deep Blue Sea trivia. Oh my! That I just picked up. And yeah, you, yeah, you may yeah. not, because I was about to talk. I remember I brought up the topic of conversation about how did these sharks die? I seem to remember. One of them dying by o- exploding oxygen tank, just like in Jaws. Oh, okay. Right? right? And uh, the three sharks in Deep Blue Sea are all killed in the same manner and same order as the sharks in Jaws, Jaws 2, and Jaws 3D. Oh. <laughs> A little homage by the filmmakers. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, all 12 people in the world that have seen all three movies <laughs> will have gotten them. Well, I bet. seem to have remembered one being killed by uh, an exploding oxygen tank. Right. Yeah, that was the first one. That was obviously now that I've read the trivia now, yeah. I know that that must have been the first one. Yeah. But I appreciate the fine, the razor's edge between ripoff and homage <laughs> that that obviously is. Yeah, uh, so our next episode will be about Parasites. Thanks very much, everyone, for joining us on Episode 1, Season 1 of Caustic Soda. You know, is, after is, what I've uh, given to you in this podcast, I feel like a parasite. Oh, well, we'll find out more about that later. I'm Torin. I'm Kevin. I'm Joe. <laughs>